0: Good morning. What a great morning. Uh, So welcome to River Valley Christian Church, Lake Elmo. Beautiful day to be here. Beautiful day to be outside. So if you are outside, make sure, well, obviously if they're online, they're watching, so it don't matter. Um, So uh, one of the, well, so who, how many of us have had a bad day? Like, I mean, like a bad, bad day. Not today. Not today, today, but, you know, some of you might be having a bad day today, but have you ever had a bad day where when you're having a bad day, those around you have to feel it because you're just being just as grumpy, so they're like, jeepers, you're having a bad day. Ah. Kind of one of those where I, I try not to have too many bad days, so when I have them, I kind of justify it and just like, well, <laughs> get away from me, I'm having a bad day. Uh, but looking at scripture and, and looking at when Jesus had a bad day. <laughs> well, according to him, having a bad day, I guess. Uh, so in, in Luke. Chapter twenty-two, and and then the rest of the Gospels are talking about Jesus knowing that he was going to be crucified, and he he's going up to pray for strength. And to me, I I kind of want to know how much God revealed to him what was going to happen to him. Like, did he actually know that he was going to be beaten? Thorn stuck on his head, beard ripped out? Or did he just know that he was just going to be crucified, you know? But anyway, so to me, it's like to have that day would be a really, really bad day. But those leading up, I I would have a bad day. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, jeepers, it's coming. So he's praying for strength. To the point where he prays and, and a ministering angel comes and gives him more strength but it says that he was sweating blood. So just to let you know, I've never had that bad of a day. <laughs> and so what was his reaction during that time? So if you look at Luke 22, the, cr- the crowd, they're, they're coming to arrest him and take him away. And so if you look at from Luke 22, from 49. That's where I want to pick up. It says, When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike them with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now, it is interesting, because when I knew that I was going to share this, I was looking in the rest of this, the, the Gospels to kind of put this whole story together. And I think it's funny because none of the other Gospels say that he cut off the guy's ear. So to me, I I look at it that obviously Luke was right next to him to see it happen. The other disciples might have been like, oh, you know, they see that they're starting to arrest Jesus and they might be kind of withdrawn, but they want to still help him, but they're like withdrawn. But Jesus answers and said, Oh, I'm sorry, go back to 50. It says, and one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear, or his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And that's the part that's kind of interesting because sometimes when we want to see God move, it's just like you announce it. Like, oh, man, that person just got healed. And none of the other Gospels, Mark, Luke, or John, or Mark, Matthew, or John, didn't even really see that it happened. Jesus just grabbed the guy's ear and touched him and healed him. So it's like, to be that loving that he's not even announcing it, he's just like, hey dude, sorry. (laughs) And even though the servant of the high priest was going to come to do that to Jesus, I, I wonder in his heart, he's just like, do we really have to do this to this guy? My life has just changed because of the love of this guy. So, even on our bad days or good days, what has God called us to do? So I knew I was gonna share this a couple weeks ago, but this past Monday I was at the job site and my boss comes up and he's just like, man, I've just been having allergic reactions. It's hard to breathe. He goes, I can't even really sleep at night. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's sorry man, that's, that's bad. And so I kind of walk back into the house. And God says, you were going to share this at church. Don't you love him? I'm like, yeah, I I do. It's my boss. I don't want to feel like a weirdo. I don't want him to be like, oh, not that guy on the job site. But God said, just go pray for him. So I walk up to Ben and I said, hey, <laughs> I'd like to pray for you. He's like, what? I said, I'd like to pray for you. He goes, uh, oh, okay. So prayed for him, just, just, Lord, just love on him. Heal him, set him free. Let him know that you just adore him and that you 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 want to spend eternity with him. Left it at that. <laughs> the rest of the day, I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> Hopefully things are happening, because <laughs> I don't want him to be like, eh, not that guy. So the whole day goes, and I didn't even ask him anymore what happened. And later that night, Megan and I are out on a canoe fishing. And all of a sudden, I get a text from him. He's like, Paul, thanks for praying for me. It's been good all day. He says, I haven't even had issues. And so I said, hey, that's awesome. I said, you know, just text him back. Hey, I, I'm praying for complete healing. I said, man, I just love you, brother. Next day, he's, he messages and me, he goes, ah, I can't come to the job site. It's, it's stuffy again. But the seed's planted. And so we just realized that God is going to keep chasing after him and keep chasing after him and keep chasing after him. So just want to challenge you guys. Good days or bad days. When God's telling you to just love on somebody, he's going to show up. He's not going to tell you something like that and not show up. So let's, let's rise and get ready for worship. Jesus, you are amazing. Even on your worst day, knowing that that was going to happen, just the love that you had, and still have for each and every one of us. To the point where you're just willing to just not even make a big deal about it, you just wanna just heal and set people free. So Father, we come to you with open hearts and open minds. Reveal your goodness even more to us. We have to share it with those around us because you are that good. So let's just worship you, Jesus, because you have set such an awesome example of your goodness here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise You, Lord. We praise You, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be, Your name to be lifted up. Thank You, Lord. All of our days, we will praise You. Thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated for just a moment. And it, here we are on a Sunday morning and this is a worship service and uh, a reminder that worship is not just the music. The worship is our heart or the worship is our life. It's, it's, it's everything that we do is worship. How you're, you're you know, this is Labor Day weekend how we conduct our lives in our, in our Monday through Saturday life is worship. How we, how we lift up the name of Jesus in our workplace with our coworkers That's worship. What Jesus did on that cross was absolutely powerful. I mean, obviously, obviously. It's not, you know, it is the most powerful act of love, the most powerful act of mercy, the most powerful act of any kind. Ever, but like our opening revealed, he did all he did he did other stuff before the cross. He did other things for people, even people that didn't like him. Huh? Go figure. Go figure. He he loved somebody so much that he healed them, even while they're arresting him. What? I'm not there yet. Or hopefully I would be in the moment, but just being honest. But everything that's been said so far this morning, everything that's been sung about this morning has been about that, that act of mercy of him dying on the cross. And he, he, how much did Jesus know? You know, how much Paul shared that? How much did Jesus know going in? I think he knew a lot. How did he, how did he know? Because he read the word and the word was pretty explicit what was about to happen. You read Psalms. You read the first 21, 22 chapters of Psalms. It's pretty explicit. He knew what was about to happen. He was going to be betrayed. He was going to be tortured. He was going to be, it did say, they looked upon him who was pierced. It talked about the crown of thorns. I mean, all the way, those, those prophecies foretold what he was going to experience, and he still did it. That's love. And as the ushers come forward, we're going to receive communion. And it says that on the night he was betrayed, that kind of every time I do lead communion, and I get to that part. And that's what the scripture says. It says that on the night he was betrayed, the night, the night he was betrayed, what did he do? He celebrated. He celebrated the Passover with his disciples he knew what was coming he knew that that blood because he said he goes this this bread is gonna be broken for you it's my body as often as you do this remember me and this blood at the end of the meal he took the cup he says that this blood is the shed blood of the, the 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 blood of the new covenant He knew what happened to lambs. He knew what was about to happen. They were going to be pierced. They were going to be bled out. Not trying to be too graphic for the little ones. But they were to die completely. He said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant shed for you for the remission of sins. Not just for once a year, or once a week or once a day but for all time so as often as we do this we, we do it in remembrance of him my goodness that's worship when we receive communion this morning it's worship and that should be a, out of a heart of worship we remember him thanking him for what he has done so we're going to receive communion here and and if uh, you're, this is the first time you've been here, you're welcome. And, and uh, the Bible says that, that we need to, to, to understand why we're doing this. It's because he died for your sins. He died on that cross for your sins to be forgiven, because they need to be. <laughs> it's the sin that separates you from God and if you're not born again, if you don't know him as your, your Lord and Savior, if you don't know where you'll spend eternity, you don't have to wait one more second. You can take care of that right here, right now. It's not a, a series of classes. It's not, a, it's not a, a, a time period. It's not a waiting to see if you're gonna be perfect. Because if that was the case, we, I'd still be waiting to see if, because I'm not perfect, but he's perfect. It was his blood. You don't have to get your life cleaned up before you receive that free gift of salvation. You don't have to wait one more second. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to memorize anything. All you have to do is recognize that when he died on that cross, you needed that. You need that. And you receive that free gift. And how do you do that? Oh, that that prayer will take hours. No, it won't. It takes a moment. Father, thank you for what Jesus did on the cross for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. I receive that free gift. I, I receive what he did instead of me having to die, instead of me having to suffer. I receive that that, that, that death on that cross, that shedding of blood saves me for all of eternity. I receive that. Now, that was even a longer prayer than what you'd have to pray. Literally, you can say, Jesus, yes. Yes, Jesus. I want you to be Lord of my life. Now, it's it's good to say it out loud. The Bible says that you believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. What, what Paul was talking about, he was confessing Jesus is Lord we do it every day we should be doing it every day we should be by our lives living that confession and speaking it whenever necessary and so this morning if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you can do it right now say father come into my life Jesus I receive what you did forgive me of my sins Come into my life. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life from this moment forward. And then I encourage you to tell somebody. Tell the person sitting next to you. Tell the person, you know, when you come up for communion, when you receive the communion, say, hey, I just want to let you know, I just made Jesus Lord of my life. And when I see them dancing, I'll understand why. (laughs) Because we celebrate that. That's awesome that's happened before I've heard now I've heard more and more I'll hear about somebody as they're walking out the door saying hey just so you know I received Jesus this morning I'm hearing about it it's happening on a regular basis so you're not you won't be the first or the last last. (laughs) yes amen so let's pray and then we're going to receive communion Father we do we come before you with, with broken lives but also open hearts to worship you and to honor you with this remembrance time. Lord Jesus, we do remember you in your death upon the cross, your shed blood, your broken body for us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name. I know it's the last uh, weekend of the summer, but uh, don't, don't be shutting on down. I mean, uh, yeah. I hear the wailing and the weeping going on and <laughs> praise the Lord. Turn with me to James chapter two. Last week I uh, I taught on the exciting topic of responsibility. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Yay, responsibility. You know, that's you know, as a child, we all want responsibility until we're given responsibility. <laughs> I still remember, Dad, when do I get to mow the lawn? Oh, soon, son, soon. (laughs) And then they mow the lawn once, maybe twice, and it's like, oh, Dad, when does Tally? when does the daughter get to, you know, the sister get to mow the lawn? Responsibility, having to do something over and over again when it's not fun. Because it's not always fun. It's not always fun. It's not always fun getting up in the morning, going to work. It's not always fun getting up every sunday morning and going to work but when you're the pastor it's expected. I, uh, <laughs> it's not always fun serving. It's not always fun. You know it's not always fun doing what the word of God says. Anybody notice that? Wait, wait a second. You're a pastor. You shouldn't be saying stuff like that. Well, it's the truth. There's a reason it says that, you know, in obedience we have to die to ourselves. Dying to ourselves. Oh my goodness. How much more graphic language could you use? It's tough. It's hard. It is. But it's good. It's good to grow up. It's good to grow up. Look at a teenager next to you and say, it's good to grow up. (laughs) It's good to grow up. And when you grow up, you, you, you start gaining responsibility. And it's the more responsibility that you, you, uh, show faithful in, the more responsibility, responsibility you'll be given. It's a good thing. That's part of growing up. So we talked about that last week. So guess what we're talking about this week? Responsibility. Just when you thought you were free of it. I thought I was free of it after last week, and you know, I didn't really want to preach that last week. But I, you know, I knew what I was supposed to do, and, and I thought, okay, well, good, I'm done. Yeah, shoo, I'm done. Like, I did my job, I you know, and then this all week, this week, Lord's going second round of responsibility. I was like, oh, here we go. Well, I started here last week, James chapter two. James chapter two begin with verse fourteen. Says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith? but does not have works. Can that faith save him? Verse 15. Verse 15. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things, they, that, things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, You have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. By what you do. I can tell if you're a faithful person by what you do. You can tell me you're faithful all day long. But if you don't do what you say you're going to do it's worthless it's, it's about acting upon it it's about doing it last week we talked about being a part of what's going on in the church and i talked about how you know there's 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 we have we have openings now we have openings we have we have opportunities for people to serve we need more people to serve why because 22 people just left not because we had a church split. If you're new, we didn't have a church split. We sent them out on purpose. They started a new church. Praise God. That's awesome. We do that. We send people out on purpose. So Now, people say, well, what if we, what if we send everybody out? Glory! But I know, I know, I know the law of, of sowing and reaping. If you sow, you will 60 30 60 100 fold. We keep sending people out, God will keep sending us people. More people to train up and then send out more. That's what the whole thing was about. Remember, back in Acts it wasn't about them about them staying in Jerusalem. It says when the when the persecution came, they scattered and they preached the word everywhere that they went. It's about go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel go. Anytime you start staying because you don't want to go, that's not faithfulness. That's not responsibility. Go. Go where he leads you to go. And and going can be here and doing short-term things. Absolutely. And we need people to to be here. But it's good to go. All right. So I talked about being involved. You know, I've seen some new people Behind cameras and some new people behind different parts, we we still need a bass player. Did you notice we didn't have a bass player this morning? We didn't, did we? I wasn't. I just wasn't paying attention. I, I, okay, because I know one of the bass players was playing the drums, and the other bass players run back running cameras and running running the live feed. So I, I okay. So I thought it was sort of pretty safe there. We need, we need a bass player, and last week we, we, we you know, saw two people raise their hands, and now both of them are not here this week, so <laughs> I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. We need more drummers, more drummers, more drummers. We, need, we, we just need people. We need more greeters. We need more people in the cooking ministry. We need more people in the coffee ministry. We need people, people to start using their gifts, using the responsibility that God's given them to serve the body and to serve the world. Amen. So we talked about that. I don't need to beat that too much more, but I probably will. But <laughs> then we talked about being responsible because we live in America. And I talked about politics. I talked about politics. Shoot. You know, you know the you know I, I, growing up, I still remember uh, people older than me, adults saying you know, with, you don't talk in in polite company, you don't talk about Religion and politics. And I was like, okay. I mean, I as, as a kid, you know, I just believed everything they said. And look where we're at, because we don't talk about religion and politics. You know? And I'm not saying any certain politics. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm just saying... Be involved. That's what I said last week. Be involved. Whatever that may be. Now, being involved may be running for an office. Awesome. Praise God. That's wonderful. Right? You know, being involved may be voting. Well, you should be. If you're 18, you should vote. Well, what if I don't want to vote? It's your responsibility. You're an American. There are countries in this world where people don't get a choice. Praise God we live in a country where we get to be involved. Amen. Be involved. Well, what I, don't, I don't know who to vote for. Figure it out. There's ways to figure it out. We can help you figure it out. Now, we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but we can show you what your choices are and what the Bible says. And we'll do that. We're going to talk about that later on, closer to the thing we shall not mention. <laughs> The election, you know, but we talked about all that. But there are things. There are even more bigger hot button issues than religion and politics. You know, there is something coming up very soon. Very, very, it's 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 upon us. That is that is it's it's so divisive. It's so uh, it, it rips literally can rip families apart. Football season is close. It is near us. And I know there are families that are divided right down the middle. Green versus purple. Purple, royal. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, shh. shh. I don't want to lose our tax exemption out of backing one team or another, you know? I mean, that was a joke. That was totally a joke. But, you know, Sports, sports can be divisive. It can be divisive. And it can be so divisive that people get rabid about it. Now relax. If you don't know me, if if this is the first time you've been here, or first time you've watched, I'm not talking about sports. I am talking about sports, but it's an analogy. (laughs) Because I don't care about sports. Some people really care about sports. I mean, they really care about sports. And there are people that their team is the best team ever, the best team. And then there are the other ones who are wrong. <laughs> now we live in a border town, and we have churches on both sides of the river. So we have we have this constant tension between us in, within our churches, between purple and green. And then every once in a while, you have somebody who's sprinkled in that's bears. (laughs) (laughs) Dub bears. Any any bears fans? I know you're not going to want to admit it, but no bears? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we do have, oh, that's right. I forgot about you, yeah. She's a bears fan. But we finally got rid of our our, uh, patriots fan. You know, we get... But we miss him. If he's watching this morning, we love you so much. We miss you. You know, come on back. We we'll love you anyway. We're we're told to love you anyway. So you know, you know, and we joke about it. I totally joke about it because it it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I you know, but there are people that hate the other team so much they can't they can't bring themselves to say anything nice about them, ever. I mean. Man, I knew people growing up. I mean, it was like, I'm this fan. And, you know, those guys are wrong and they're idiots and they're many other words which I can't say in church. (laughs) I mean, it's a big deal over a game. But that same thing can happen in politics. And that's wrong. I'll just cut right to the chase and say it's wrong. You know, by, by bringing up the subject or the idea of dealing with politics, how do we deal with the idea of politics? How do we live in this country where politics is really kind of important? It's very important. How do we deal that with that from a Christian aspect and not being like the world where it ends up, we hate people. Because we can't hate people. We're not, so, we, we're not allowed to hate people. Amen. It's one of the things God dealt with me early, 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 early on in my walk with him, is there was a guy I hated. I hated him. I mean, I hated him. I told him. I said, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. I hated him with everything that I was. And the first thing, one of the first things God did was he says, you need to forgive him. It's like, I can't forgive him. And he says, you not only have have to forgive him, you have to love him. I was like, whoa, God, I can't do that. I don't have it in me. But, but I'm willing that if you'll do it in me, if you'll change me, I'll let you. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'm not saying I love him right now, you know, back then. Long story, long story, years passed by, and one day I ran into him, I saw him, and, I, and, I, and out of me came love. It was powerful. I, I was like, what in the world? That's the power of God, that he can turn hate into love. And we're called to love. We're called to love no matter what the other person is like or not like. We're called to love no matter whether they agree with you or disagree with you. We're called to love no matter what. Boy, I'm going to push some buttons today, and and please, please take it from the heart that I'm saying it. We need to love no matter what party somebody is from. We need to love no matter what someone sees as their orientation. We need to love no matter whether that person has ill will for you or not. We're called to love, plain and simple. That doesn't mean we agree with ideology. It doesn't mean we agree with how they do things. It doesn't mean we agree with their sin. We don't agree with their sin. I don't agree with my sin. I definitely don't agree with your sin. But I do, I am required to love that person. So then how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? Turn with me to 1 Timothy. Because we have to put it into action. If we just say it without doing it, then it's just words. It doesn't mean anything. We have to be a part. So as we enter this next season, whether it be sports, which that's not what I'm talking about, Or whether it's the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, when you're going to get involved with your relatives. (laughs) Many of them, which just send you right over the edge. (laughs) Or whether it's politics. Because by golly, we're right we are right. We're so right. We have the. We have. I have proof that we're right. I know I'm right. And and anybody who doesn't who disagrees with me is wrong, and anti, good. Oh, I never sent it. Oh shoot, I I found a meme that I was going to put up on the screen, when talking about politics, and it says you know you know what your candidate looks like to you, and it shows Obi Wan Kenobi standing there. So wise and you know and then what their candidate looks like to you and it shows the evil emperor you know shooting fireworks out of and then the third one was what they really are and it shows jar jar binks (laughs) (laughs) it's what they all are okay not all i mean not all i mean you know i wanted to shoot i forgot to send it to you guys See what happens. Where am I? First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 2. First of all, wow, that's pretty important, isn't it? If Paul says, first of all, first of all, that means that's pretty important. He didn't say thirdly, thirdly, third level of importance, way down the list of importance. No, he says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, it's a type of prayer prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Say all people. All people. All people. So drag, drag out the all part. All people. Not just the people you like. Not just the people that makes you happy. Not just the people who agree with you. Make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and, oh my goodness, Thanksgivings. Let it just sink in for just a second. Because we're going to do something at the end of my sermon where you're going to be going, Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have you thanking God for people you wouldn't even let sit at your table. But he says, All, say all, people, Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. This is going to be a tough sermon. I'm so sorry. Not really. Verse 2. For kings and all... Oh, for kings. For kings. People in power. People in authority. For kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Father, or God our Savior, who desires all, say all, people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That, that story at the beginning, those verses at the beginning where this guy who's arresting Jesus his, his disciple thought he was doing Jesus a favor by cutting off his ear. Now here's the deal. I'm pretty sure he's a bad shot. He wasn't, he wasn't really skilled at swordsmanship. I think he missed his intended target. He missed. He wasn't going for the ear. He was going center mass, boys and girls. I was, I was talking gun talk there for a second. for He's going center mass. And he missed. He took off an ear. I mean, that sounds like, oh, I'll teach you. I'm going to take off your ear. No, he missed. Peter wanted to kill him. And Jesus goes, what are you doing? He takes the ear up off the ground, puts it back on the guy's ear, and reattaches it miraculously. Peter and John earlier, or John and James. I think it was John and James. They wanted to call down fire on a whole city because they rejected Jesus. I mean, if there's anybody in this world who should be destroyed, it's those people that reject Jesus. Let's just end them. They wanted to call down fire. And what did Jesus said? He said, you have no idea the spirit of where you're coming from, who you are. This isn't about calling down fire and destroying anybody. It's about Love. And he went and talked to the least of the least of one of those people. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We're supposed to pray for all people. Now, I don't want to have I don't want a single person to raise your hand. Not one of you because you're not going to be able to. But I don't want you to. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you enjoy praying for the leader of the opposite party? How many how many enjoy praying for and blessing your enemy? That's hard stuff. How, how many of you enjoy praying for that uncle on your mother's side who is so annoying and horrible and vile and mean and a heathen and his breath smells? How many of you enjoy praying? Well, God wants you to. And he wants you to actually thank him for him. I told you, we're going to do something that's going to be hard for some people. We're going to do something in the service. We're gonna, I'm going to say some things that might go completely crossways. But we have to. We have to. We have to. We must. Why? Because number one, we're told to, <laughs> it's a responsibility. He didn't say if you get around to it, if you if you want to. I mean, if you really want to go deep, pray for those who are in authority. Pray for the kings. Pray for the, you know you know the king that Paul was talking about. You know who the who the king was talking who, who which king he was talking about? Caesar, the one who's persecuting the church, actively killing Christians, stoning them to death taking away their property, tying them up on poles, lighting them on fire. He said, pray for them. Man, that's tough stuff. I'm just being real. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of it. This is, this is tough stuff. This is a, this is a, this, this is, whoa, ah. Pray for them and thank God for them. As I've been meditating on this, and, and just because I, I mean, when it first, when I realized I was going to have to preach it, but I mean, trust, trust me, I'm, I'm wrecking your morning. But I, this wrecked my whole week. Because <laughs> I've been having to wrestle with this and deal with this, and, 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 then, and then having to, okay, God, if I'm going to say this, then I have to be there. And as I'm meditating on this, all of a sudden I, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I believe it was God, because I wouldn't think like this. I just had this, all of a sudden I had this knowledge, I just understood something. If every Christian, if every Christian in America, if every, think about this, if every Christian in America truly prayed for our leaders, why do you think Satan wants there to be such divisiveness? Why does he? Why does he work so hard to make us hate? Not let me be real. The stuff I see happening today annoys me. It even angers me. I hate sin. I hate what. I hate. There are things that that are happening at high levels that is sin, and I hate that. But never, ever, ever, ever am I allowed to hate. Him or her. They're deceived. They're walking in darkness. They don't have light inside of them. They don't know Jesus. Or they they think they know Jesus and they don't know Jesus. They can't know Jesus and live that way. If every single Christian, if every one of us in America began to pray for our president. Doing exactly what Paul says to do prayer, supplication, intercession, and thanksgiving. Make your request known. What kind of impact would that have on our country? This is hard. This is responsibility stuff stinks. It's not easy. It's very hard. But it's something he's asked us to do. No, he didn't ask us. He told us to. One last set of verses, please. Matthew chapter 5. I mean, Paul can say anything, right? He's just Paul. Paul can say anything. So let's let's go right to Jesus's words. Cuz he makes it even harder. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. I won't steal any of Mark's thunder. He's going to be teaching on this. I'm sure you'll touch on it though. Mine'll be a brief couple of statements. Mark chap or Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 begin with verse 43. This is Jesus speaking to the, to the people. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's, what, that's, what, that's, how, that's how they were taught. It's good to love your neighbor. You need to love your neighbor, but you can hate your enemy. Verse 44, but, this is Jesus speaking, but I say to you, love your enemies. He didn't say tolerate your enemies. He didn't say ignore your enemies. He didn't say, he didn't even say like your enemies. What did he say? And pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who pray. I mean, Jesus did it. He gave us the example. He didn't just say it, He did it. He asked that they be forgiven. He, he, he forgave the, the guy who was trying to arrest him, and Peter cut off his ear. He, 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 he did mercy. I mean, that's an act of mercy. Ar- the last miracle Jesus performed on earth was an act of mercy to his enemy. Isn't that interesting? On the cross, not only have they nailed him to the cross, beat him, whipped him, crown of thorns, the whole nine yards, now in his absolute pain, agony, and suffering, they're mocking him from below. And what does he say? Because he said he said earlier, he said it to, to Peter when he cut off the ear, I could call 10,000 angels. Don't you know? I could stop this if I wanted to. So he could have done it at that point. He could have got, he went like, I'm done, I'm out, I'm out, and, and boom, they would have been there. But he didn't do that. He said, Father, forgive them. Talk about an act of mercy. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. He not only says it here, he lived it. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute persecute you. Verse 45, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers... What more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect. 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 As your heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect there doesn't mean never, never. What it means is mature. You need to grow up. It's time to grow up, church. It's time to grow up. And to walk in love. And to do this right, there is more power in love than there is in hate. There are more miracles. There's more miracles in love than there is in hate. You want to see a miracle? Then the body of Christ across this country, across this nation, needs to stand up and pray for our president, pray for our vice president, pray for Congress. Pray. And, and now, I, 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 I'm me. And when I say pray for them, I don't go, Oh, Lord, get them. <laughs> get them, God. Get them. Take care of them. Show them, wrong. Show them that they're wrong. I mean, I, I, that's the way I want to pray as a, as a human being. Once again, early on in my, my walk with the Lord, way back, way, way, way back. This was, this was 35 years ago and I rededicated my life to the Lord 36 years ago. I still remember driving to work one morning, working at the hot dog factory. Glamour, glamour, glamour. Working at the hot dog factory. I was driving to work, and as I'm driving, I'm I'm listening to the news, and the news was this Christian organization was praying against the Supreme Court of California because they had just passed an opening up of, of abortion even more. This is 35. They had opened up even more. And this Christian organization went nationwide saying, we're praying for the deaths of those Supreme Court justices, and as soon as I heard it, my just—I had the same reaction as you did. My heart just—I just ached. I was like, "My God, that's not—that's not—that's not the body of Christ. That's not Jesus. That's not who we are. That's not of the Spirit that we are. We have a responsibility that's so much higher." than sidelines of a football game or the sidelines of a Congress room or the sidelines of anything. Cause this, you know, this, this translates over into everything. It translates over into your in-laws or your neighbors or your coworkers or whoever it translates, man, pray for those people. If they, if they annoy you, now I'm going to make a turn here. I'm going to make a turn real quick. Because I needed to get, we needed to see how bad the. I'm going to make a turn real quick. I figured out how to pray for people to change, that it blesses them. You want to get somebody? I mean, God told me this a long time ago. You that person who's really annoying? You want to get them? Pray that they get saved. I mean, you want to get somebody? I mean, you want to just. Mm-hmm. Pray mercy upon them that God will be good to them and bless them with salvation. Amen. Oh. You know, we, we like, you know, early on I used to like that verse that says, you know, pour heaping coals of fire on them, you know. That's the way I would read it, that's how I would say it. But you know, that was actually a blessing. That was actually a blessing. It was hard to start fires back then. They didn't have butane lighters. They didn't have. It was hard to get things burning. So if you wanted to bless your neighbor, if their fire went out, the best way to bless them is go pour hot coals on their fire, and it would start their fire. So what Jesus was saying was not cursing them. Pour, pour, you know, pour hot coals, burning coals on them. What he was saying was, you want to bless your your enemy? Go start his fire for him, so that he's warm tonight. So that he can cook his food. So that he has light in the darkness. Isn't that beautiful? They have security and warmth. If you want to get that person at work who just is cruel to you and mean to you and just hates you with everything that they are, pray that God blesses them. When you come at it from that way, you can actually start to say the words. God bless them bless that person god bless president biden god bless donald trump god bless nancy pelosi god bless i can go back and forth all day long both sides because they need jesus they need jesus they need they are so lost and they're making decisions in darkness. No wonder they're making the decisions they're making. They're in darkness. They need Jesus. And 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 man, I'm I'm guilty too. Don't think I'm pointing any fingers. For years. Oh, the Lord, you know, I may not say it out loud, but it's in here. It was in here. It was in here. It's it's working its way out. <laughs> I just want to be honest. It's I'm getting there. You know, I'm getting I'm, it's easier. I could actually stand up here and say what I just said. God bless those people with salvation. God bless them with light. God bless them with a taste of your spirit. God bless, Lord bless these people. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, I gotta be careful. I gotta be really careful, because what I want to say—you know—work with me here. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it, because I'll know in a second if I'm wrong. I don't want you to God don't don't bless their evil plans. That's not—and He knows the difference, you know. I mean, He's God. He kind of understands what we're doing here. So when we say we're you know Lord bless them, we're not saying bless their evil plans. Well, of course not. There's Bible verses that take care of that. God's not God is not mocked. He knows what's going on, and in, and in some ways, in some ways, I'm I'm actually thinking what's going on. Do you know? Oh, how much time do we got? We got time. Okay. Do you do you ever wonder why Pharaoh, the whole thing with Pharaoh in Egypt, why it took so long, and why God kept doing what He did? He wanted to make it so evident that He was God, and that what Pharaoh was doing was going to be punished. For enslaving his people and being cruel to his people, and he wanted to make it so clear that throughout history we would always understand Pharaoh was wrong, God is good. I watch what's happening on the news. I'll just say on the news because it doesn't matter whether whether it's whether it's Washington or Stanton County, Stanton County, or Stanton Township. That's where I live, Stanton, and they're good people. If you're watching, and they you're good people. But it doesn't matter how big or how small we're talking about. The, the evil that's going on in this world right now. We're not, we're not, God's not, I think, I believe that he's allowing them to make it so public how evil it is. I mean, even from what I'm hearing, from what I'm understanding, is that even people who used to agree with them don't necessarily agree with them anymore. It's like, okay, that's wrong. That's wrong. God can deal with them. My Facebook post isn't going to solve Washington. Right. Sometimes it just comes out of me. For anybody who's been on my Facebook, I just, I, this week I kind of lost it. I apologize. I repent publicly, but I'm not taking it down. Okay. <laughs> Because that's the other thing we we have as a right as a as a as an American, is to point out evil. That's evil. Now, I don't have the right to tell say that that person is lost forever and that God that God hates them. That's wrong. But I can say that's evil, and I I I'm, I stand to say that that's evil. I mean, man, there's there's a lot of a lot of people in Germany wish they had said. Those camps are evil. There's a lot of people who wish they'd been on the right side of history and and at least said something that's evil. But you know, God needed people to pray for Hitler. That just seems hard, doesn't it? I mean, you, you think about hard people to pray for. Hitler was made in the image of God. <laughs> that, that went over with a, like a lead balloon. <laughs> Let me say that again. Hitler was made in the image of God. Why do you think Satan worked so hard to destroy him and to cause him to destroy people? Because every one of those people, whether it was Hitler or any number of other people in those camps, they were made in the image of God. we need to pray that these people are blessed with salvation, with light, with hope. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. I told you we're going we're to put this into action. I want you to stand next to somebody. I want you to hold hands with them. We're going to link our faith together. and We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for the people of our country. No matter what side of the aisle they're on, no matter what football team they play for, no matter how closely they're related to your wife. People. We're going to pray for people. And we're going to, we're going to supplicate. We're going to intercede. We're going to bless and pray for their salvation. Man, if everybody, let me just say it again, if everybody in America, every Christian in America would begin to pray for our government, for our government's eyes to be open and filled with light, watch what God will do. Watch what He'll do. Because He's moved by faith. He's moved by love. He's moved by obedience. So Father, right now, we come together as your body, your people who are moved by your word and by your spirit. And Father, this morning we pray for those in, our, in leadership, our, as Paul would say, our kings. But we know they're elected officials. Father, I pray for President Biden. Father, I pray a blessing on President Biden. Father, I pray for his salvation. And for his wife's salvation, I pray for, for blessings to be poured out on, on him that there is no way to, that can be explained any other way than it's the goodness of God, it's the mercy of God, it's the love of God. Father, I pray for both sides of the aisle. Father, I pray, I pray for our news media, whether I agree with them or don't agree with them. Father, we pray for their. Son. Father, I pray for a revival in the news media. I pray for your anointing, the power of God to be poured out on these newscasters, news people, writers, people behind the scenes, editors, whatever it is. We pray for an outpouring of your Spirit, the power of God to be poured out on them, filling them with hope, filling them with light, saving them to the uttermost. Father, we pray for our families. We pray for those that we love, but we also pray for those we can't stand. Father, we pray mercy upon them. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Love them, Lord. Father, we just pour out love on them. And Lord, we're going to, we choose, we choose, we choose. Do we choose? We choose to show them your love whenever possible, whenever able. Help us to do that, Lord, because sometimes it's way too hard. But help us, Father. Help us show them that love. Father, let's try it your way. I want to try it your way, Lord. I've done it my way. Nothing's changed. Let's try it your way. Father, Let's. I pray blessings upon those who persecute us. Mercy and blessings. Love. The Spirit of God. On those who persecute the church. Father, I pray for those in leadership around this world. Why not have a worldwide revival? Father, we pray for a worldwide revival. in, in yeah. Oh, Lord, I just, I love the day. I would love the day when I see on the news that all the world leaders are getting saved and the news media has no way to explain it. Father, we pray out mercy on them. Mercy on them, Father. Mercy on them. We pray for your love to be poured out so deeply they cannot turn away. And they just, they run to you, Father. Father, we claim every one of their souls for the kingdom of God. For your love for them. In Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for one another because tomorrow we have to start all over again. We pray for each other right now, Lord, that we stay in this. We stay in this position of love. We stay in the Father, I I pray that your Holy Spirit will remind me daily to pray for these people. That your world, that the world will know that you are God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hug each other. So that wasn't so hard now, was it? Yeah, was it? Go ahead. Hug one another. Gracious good
2: night. There he is. My compliments to the photographer all right Luke chapter 12 Luke chapter 12 verse 15 um, I, I don't I don't have that much time here. Um, it's the story of the of the rich fool which was a favorite Bible story of mine. And, um, you know, his his ground produced, he wound up with uh, great abundance. He said, I'm gonna build bigger barns, keep on storing up, storing up, storing up everything that I have, and I can take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be that thou hast provided? Verse 21, so is he that lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. I was gonna give a shout out to Auntie Joy and Uncle Jim. They've been keeping my kids up at the lake, at the cabin this, this weekend, so good morning to you. Um, yeah, so this guy was all into it for himself. He's bringing everything in, everything in, and it was all about him. And Jesus says, So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now here's the right way to do it. The Apostle Paul, 1 Timothy chapter 6, says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up, both parties are laying up here but they're doing it very differently laying up in store a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life didn't jesus say that if you seek to save your life you're going to lose it but if you are willing to give your life you're going to save it um there's a there's a revelation in here that'll stand us in good stead in hard times. He didn't say it's wrong to have savings or to have an emergency fund, uh, and and God's not against us having having wealth or having material things. What he's against is covetousness. Check the check the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet, and um, people can covet and be totally broke. So. Uh, With God, it's all about our heart, okay? We can have savings, but to uh, stay um, on the right side of spiritual law, generosity and giving will always put us in a good, good place for God to be able to bring, um, bring increase into our life. Tithes and offerings when we give, are actually spiritual inoculation against covetousness. And it, it keeps our heart in the right place, and here's why. Chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay? Treasure, material things are very, very superficial. They're on the surface, they're what people can see, but what God really wants is our heart. And uh, so if I can take my treasure and put it in the kingdom of God, putting him first, uh, then that's that's where that guarantees that my heart, is, is going to be with God. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I put my treasure with God, then my heart is with God, so that with me, God's things come first. And if I start to uh, uh, get off the path a little bit with that, then I know how to correct that as well. Just make sure I'm putting him first, putting him first with my with, with my money, which is the least with which we have to be faithful. Then there's church attendance. There's um, so many other things. But but that's that's where we want our heart to be. That's where God wants our heart to be. That will stand us in good stead against the time to come. So let's pray over the offering. Thank you, Father, that we can all gather together to hear your word, to appreciate and, and we appreciate the, your, your truth and uh, the things that you've given us today. And we do want your things to be first with us. And so we choose to give um, cheerfully and generously um, in Jesus' name. Bless everyone that participates. Amen.